I saw this tweet last night from Andrew Sullivan, who I'm a fan of. Mob bravely assaults an individual for holding a different political position. So a guy in a, uh, a Trump hat got attacked in the street by a group. Of course. Which is just fantastic. That's the country you want to live in. Um, anyway, so this rapper I was not uh, familiar with. His name is Killer Mike. Killer Mike, yeah. Uh, Run the Jewels is his current duo that he's a part of. Oh, pretty, pretty, I know Run the Jewels. Yeah, pretty popular. If I know Run the Jewels, yeah. they're big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent workout music. If you if you need to bench press a bus, then yeah, put on some Run the Jewels. And, oh, and cool. You'll be good to go. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, but he got to talking about this over the weekend, got a lot of attention. I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your senses so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that pulls marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. You know, well, he went with the marijuana card there at the end. I didn't see that coming, but you know, that's I, smart anyway. I'm usually I, I'm gl- I'm glad a lot of people don't vote. But here's one of the problems with people who don't vote is they don't feel like they're involved in the political process, and the only way to change things is is you know is this sort of thing. Right. Although keeping in mind that a lot of the mayhem you see have nothing to do with people that want to do, they're not trying to accomplish anything. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. They just want to hurt people, break things, and get a TV. Yeah, Killer Mike was addressing two groups there with two different topics. The folks who you're talking about voting and and, and getting rid of the prosecutor, the rest of it, they're not smashing jewelry stores up and lighting fires to churches and the rest of it. Those are two separate groups. And the faster people realize that, the better for everybody. The better for not getting businesses torched and burned down. I got to admit, a lot of my sympathy lies there, okay? Because uh, the cops know, all right, those are just criminals and scum, and we're going to round them up or whatever else needs to be, do- be done. If you're like a super progressive type, you know, Black Lives Matter, social justice warrior, I disagree with you on everything, but here's a little bit of advice. Make it clear that the anarchist scum are not you, that that they're not quote unquote protesters; they're criminals. Otherwise, people are going to th- hear your voice and think you smash up stores and ruin people's lives and businesses and dreams. And if you're a, a conservative, uh, listen, I know because you disagree with these people pretty vehemently on a lot of stuff. You want to paint the legit protesters with the actions of the after midnight crowd, but it's not. It's not. It's not legit. It's mostly different groups of people. State of emergency in Los Angeles with Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. Their curfew starts at 1 o'clock this afternoon. That is something. When your city's so out of control, the curfew starts at 1 in the afternoon. My mom warned me, Jack. Nothing good happens after 1 in the afternoon. After lunch. That's right. Nothing good happens after lunch. (laughs) Best to just stay home, son. The afternoon hours are rife with... All sorts of sin. (laughs) So if you wake up at noon, you got one hour. You got one hour to enjoy yourself. Get busy. And then... uh, then get back to uh, back to bed. I this guess. is obviously a very temporary measure until calm is restored and the conversation continues. But we need to win back the streets. Uh, absolutely. We meaning everybody. Yeah. You can protest till you're blue in the face. Unless you're a conservative in California, then the CHP won't give you a permit. Uh, but that's a different topic for another day. 
Uh, but, yeah, you can protest all day. You can vote. You can petition your congresspeople. You can go to your city council meetings. You can do all sorts of stuff to change the world you live in. But we can't have stores getting smashed up. No way. So the... Um, uh, oh, let me throw one. Go ahead. Governor, mayor, a number of people in Minnesota, of course, they're trying to get on the right side of this politically and making the argument over the weekend, look... This happened very fast. Historically speaking, going from the activity to this man be arrested was very fast. Ain't nobody seems to be agreeing with that. I mm. keep seeing Chris Christie on the TV, former prosecutor, saying, this is crazy. Trey Gowdy, again, former prosecutor, saying, this is crazy that this guy wasn't in jail immediately. What the hell was going on? Especially with the rioting happening. Right. Held pending charges is a thing. I mean. Right. Yeah. If you're caught on video killing somebody. Right. You charge them with something light enough to hold them. We've all seen that a million times. Yeah, a lot of this is so mishandled. Uh, Getting back to the professional agitators, the thugs, the anarchists, the rest of it, I love this quote, and I'm not sure who it was, but um, the administration is talking about declaring Antifa a terrorist organization. In fact, I think they just did. When the first of these little trust fund sissies figures out he's not walking out of his cell after 20 minutes with a $50 fine, but looking at five years in Leavenworth on a Fed wrap, he'll squeal on his comrades. This is an opportunity to destroy Antifa root and branch and to eliminate the armed wing of the Democratic Party forever. Um, I'm not sure that that's uh, legit to call Antifa the armed wing of the Democratic Party, but I think there are plenty of Democrats who are kind of glad they're around. And certainly very, very soft on them. We'll have to talk about the, this more later because we're going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up in a little bit about China because China, China continues to be aggressive and a problem. And we pulled out of the World Health Organization over the weekend. Trump did because of China. Uh, tensions ratcheting up with that. That's the, that's the long game of, uh, of uh, conflict in the world. Holy cow. Well, and it certainly intensified during these troubled times because the Chinese are not fools. They know we're preoccupied yeah, and with the COVID and now this. And they're almost certainly involved in some of these protests, making them worse. Yep. Which is horrifying. But uh, we'll have to get to some. Uh, I've been following a lot of the libertarian uh, Twitter feed. And that's really interesting because you got a number of different issues with libertarians who are really worried about police having too much power and uh, and 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 bothered by the it looks like the armies in the streets because of the gear we now give the police force mm-hmm. the libertarian crowd also at the same same time saying hey this should be clear to everyone why you get to own a gun and should be able to own a gun as many guns and bullets as you need to protect yourself when the police are overwhelmed right uh, really right. good stuff okay we'll get into that. Talk about the various cities and towns and states and what they're doing. Uh, it's it's quite interesting. Is uh, at least twenty five states at this point have activated their national guards to come out into the streets. Oh, strange and troubled times. But uh, report on China from Mike Lyons coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Plenty more coming up on rioting and curfews and uh, anarchy and everything else that's happening around the country and also the COVID and where we are with that. Oh, yeah, the COVID. But what got me thinking about this uh, last week was I read this uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about our military preparedness 
vis-a-vis China and how uh, we we might not necessarily be able to beat China if we got into a, a shooting war with China right now. And then with China over the last couple of weeks, with some fairly provocative acts and statements between them and India and Taiwan and obviously Hong Kong and their refortifying those self-created islands out there. It's great to welcome back to the show Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike has served with various military military organizations, both the U.S. and Europe throughout his career. Longtime military analyst Mike Lyons joins us. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, so great to be back with you guys. All good. Hope you and yours are all well during these uh, rather strange times. Yeah, we're still in the middle of Pandemic Central here in New York, uh, where I am. Um, surrounding neighborhoods still have, I've got friends who've recovered now, but um, New York City still remains um, fairly locked down. Uh, a friend of mine's a fireman there, and he says that uh, things are still pretty bad. So I, I think it's going to be a couple more weeks. So, first of all, how provocative has China been in the last couple of weeks? No, extremely. And you've got now um, the former NATO, uh, Allied Commander of NATO, article out there uh, yesterday talking specifically about what they're doing in the South China Sea. And what they bring to the battlefield are weapons that we're just not used to. These hypersonic uh, cruise missiles that can take out our aircraft carriers. They've got um, artificial intelligence, separate autonomous systems that run onto themselves, smaller and, and, and more efficient uh, naval vessels that they are looking to project power with. So um, I hope this is a wake-up call. I'm not sure it's going to be. I'm not sure we're going to get it because whenever we go to war historically, we're always late to the game and we use the you know American firepower and might to kind of get to, to catch up. But that might not happen this time if you reimagine a war with China. Well, obviously things are moving in an ugly direction with China, but you know I've long maintained that our you know the previous several years were built on either misunderstandings or, or lies. We the, the the relationship with China was not going to reform. They were not going to mm-hmm. become a good buddy and a fair trader and a, right. a peace-loving nation. And so, to me, we're just reaping what what we sowed a while back. I, I to- totally agree. Thirty the past thirty years. So yeah. China looks at what happens in Desert Storm and says that's not going to be us. And in terms of how we fight wars, that's what we say to everybody. This is how we're going to fight. This is how we want to fight. This is how we're going to defeat everybody. So they've reimagined a different kind of warfare, going after our carriers, destroying them, going after our large platforms. And we've learned nothing from the past 30 years. While Desert Storm was a tremendous uh, tactical victory, uh, from a strategic perspective, it was the last great tank battle I think the world's ever going to see. Where where are you going to have that battle in the future, especially in a place like China? We couldn't even get 500 main battle battle tanks there anytime soon. So um, the Chinese have have leapfrogged us, and and they've taken advantage of technology, and they fight it on different scales. Um, I think this president, though, with the Space Force is a good step in the right direction. Um, and I think certain things we were doing, uh, I think perhaps the Pacific NATO is next in line, Japan, Australia, India, the United States. It's going to take a, a consolidated joint effort to keep uh, deter Chinese aggression. That's really what we're trying to do at this point. If we end up swapping ordinance with China, a phrase I think you once uh, used on, right. when we were talking to you, over what would it most likely be? It'll be in the South China Sea, over a shipping lane, over something that China feels it has the rights to, uh, whether it's um, raw materials or goods that that they find in the bottom of the the sea there, some kind of oil reserve. It it could be something over where China claims uh, rare earth minerals. Let's say China claims it has uh, ownership to, and uh, the United States would say that just wasn't the case. And in, in effect of protecting shipping lanes is they would try to shut them down. 
we would try to keep them open. And, and to your point, the question is who fires first? And I think that's going to be the main issue. Well, the history of these things is, is bad decisions made in the field often right. that then escalates. But I, I want people to understand the way a state actor like China behaves. We in the United States, a lot of us tend to really overvalue international organizations and international law and treaties and the rest of it. Is, mm-hmm. Am I wrong that China is willing to say, oh, this is clearly our territory, this is clearly our shipping lane, and they all they're saying is try to stop us. They, they're That's not right. sincerely citing some sort of right to the area. That's right. No, that's exactly right. They're not going to abide by any of these treaties that are out there. Um, one of the reasons why the president wants to get China included on this ballistic missile treaty that we just left with the Russians, that we're trying to get this, um, this new one coming out uh, next February, is because they have as much capability as the Russians do in these medium-range cruise missiles that uh, propose, you know, propose a threat. So we can't you know, looking to cap those. They have nuclear capability as well. So they're going to do whatever they want to do. And they don't have the same level of not only that, of, of ignoring the world agencies. They don't care about their people. They, you know, if they, they could do something and wipe out 10,000 people, uh, oh, well, you know, still friends, you know, Godspeed all travelers. I mean, there's, they don't care. You know, the, the, you know, you've got people now saying, well, you know, they were able to get the coronavirus under wraps. Well, they're not reporting the right numbers of how many people have been killed. And who knows, who knows really how many people and how many deaths have been caused by what they've done military analyst mike lyons is on the line um i'm fairly pessimistic that we uh can avoid a an armed conflict with china at a fairly big level how do you feel about it well i i think that um from what we know in history what history tells us um the question is where does the battle take place it's likely on the sea and again, it gets back to firing first. I, I think that you know, if they're dumb enough actually to go after us, uh, go up, if they sink a carrier, let's say that's their strategy. They've they've absolutely said it. Um, so if they're if they're want to do something like that, they're going to get now you know kind of you know wake up the the, the sleeping giant once again, and you could see a, a tremendous um, you know military effort going back towards them. The thing is, their economy and their society is much more fragile. While we have our challenges internally now, obviously as you could turn on the television. Um, they have a middle class that if they don't um, have this six to eight percent growth every year, they have revolution inside themselves. So, so what? So they could also implode internally. Now, they won't necessarily do what the Russians did back during the Cold War, and that is, you know, outspend anybody into this. But they could have an internal revolution that also breaks things down. So that, that's another force that acts on them that doesn't act on us. Military analyst Mike Lyons. Mike, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the insights. We'll talk again soon. Great guys. Thanks for having me. What a smart guy! Interesting stuff. But I've been—I you know, re- could talk to him all day. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I've been reading this book, *The Bully of Asia*, which was actually recommended by uh, Tim Sandifer in his Twitter feed, and it's really good. But they—they they are committed to world dominance in a way that we just—we can't even imagine. We're not committed in the United States to world dominance. We're committed to great success. If that means dominating the world, awesome. Mm-hmm. But that is not our our goal as a people, and that is that is just in their DNA, right? Um, if we can just keep global commerce zipping along profitably, we're happy as a country. Yeah. We don't need to dominate anything, really. We happen to be in charge of keeping you know, the shipping lanes open, to cite the example Mike gave. But no, we don't, we don't particularly need to dominate the world. China's desperate to. And, and, and Mike Lyons mentioned, and this is absolutely true, if they have a, a, you know, a dust-up with us where 10,000 Chinese soldiers died, they don't care. No. That's not a catastrophe. That's not on the evening news every night and everybody's marching the streets. Whatever. The evening news in China. That's I, a nice and, 
And nice Henry, Henry Kissinger, uh, I heard him in a speech on a YouTube video I watched a couple of years ago talking about how they have a different way of looking things. They, they think so long term. They think of centuries and, and, and thousands of years as opposed to, you know, we're a 24-hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. That if there's some sort of dust-up that they, quote, lose, they don't care. They just, they did some damage. They got to see some of our weaponry. It's not a big deal. Whereas in the United States, you know, a win-loss here or there is a big deal. They think very, very long term. So between expendable people and the fact that they don't mind, you know, a a battle versus the long term goal, that's a tough adversary. Yeah. And it really is your example. I was thinking of because I've seen this happen before. A guy in a bar who just knocks your drink over. Oops. Yeah. So you get another one. He knocks that one over. No, you don't understand, sir. You're being rude. Says the naive dope who that, doesn't understand what he's dealing that's with. That's what they're doing building those islands and saying, no, this is ours. Well, are you going to stop us? And I wonder, are we going to stop them? Right. Will we? Or won't we? Depends on who's president and, and what's going on uh, domestically at the time. Right. And in terms of trade as well. Uh, I love the idea of a uh, an Asian NATO, if you will. Um. Anyway. Uh, speaking of people who don't abide by the rules, it reminds me, you know, I was watching the news coverage with my wife last night of the rioting, and as uh, they were starting to burn St. John's Church there in Washington, D.C., beautiful old uh, historic church, she was like, come on, people. And I said, no, the people are doing that. They're immune to any sort of moral appeal or, or reason or anything. They're there to burn. And so we'll uh, bring you up to speed on what's going on there in America's cities and the rest of it, much of it ugly. We will get through this, my friends. I, I, I would like to strike a positive note. I didn't realize Trump was actually taken to the bunker in the White House. Yep. More on that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sounds like from your experience, you see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the Cheesecake Factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. Wait a second. (laughs) Wait a second. I think we need to hear that again. It's short. Yes. Pay close attention to the wording here. Sounds like from your experience, you see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the Cheesecake Factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. Yeah, I have a guess. Ladies and gentlemen. American journalism. <laughs> Beautiful. Looting Yummy. the cheesecake factory. Look at this let me, picture. Let me let me let me uh, let me ask you a question or two. If uh, say a, a bike store is being looted and you see somebody riding away on a uh, a bike, where do you think they probably got that? Uh, at this point, it's unclear where it's this unclear. person uh, received this bicycle from. Uh, uh, we will we will continue to monitor. See, I'm not even sure that's a let good me, example. Let me, let me just try one more. That's not a good example. Cause There's a hat <laughs> store being looted. And a guy walks out wearing a new hat. That's not where good. do you think he got that's that? That's not good enough either. Lots of people have hats. <laughs> Lots of people have bicycles. Right. You never see anybody walking down the street with a cheesecake. A full cheesecake. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> you never have seen that in your life. I know I haven't. Your <laughs> Honor, I rest my case. <laughs> I did last you, Tuesday. That's some great friggin' journalism right there, man. You've never seen anybody walking around with a full cheesecake except for that person after the cheesecake factory got looted. Sounds like from your experience, you see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the cheesecake factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. That might be the clip of the year. That might <laughs> that, be the clip of the you year. You know what? That probably is the clip of the year. It's, it's early, but that's an early favorite. Uh, our last show of the year is always clips of the year. 
in which we just play all of our favorite news clips and comedy and the rest of it from the entire year. Look forward to that in December, and there will be a December, my friends. We will get through this. We will get through the COVID. We will get through the election, and uh, and God willing, most of us will still be here enjoying ourselves more or less. Troubled times, but let's not get all freaked out. So uh, this headline in USA Today. Unless your business just got smashed up, then be freaked out. It's okay. George Floyd's horrific death lights a long smoldering fuse. Well, that is true. Long smoldering fuse uh, with the tension between police and uh, and black citizens and that sort of thing. Yeah, we all been following that. But what percentage of the mayhem are people that actually want to do something about that or even inspired by that? I don't know the answer to that. I'm looking at these jackasses right here in this picture. Where is this? Is this Oakland where a police officer was actually killed over the weekend? Yeah. Um, uh, these jackasses just don't have the look to me as they burn this stuff. And they're Guy Fawkes max masks. I don't, I think they're just anarchists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to a large extent. They just like, they're, they're like, likes to fight guy. He doesn't have a reason he's fighting at the bar. He just likes fighting. He's right. just happy to have an excuse to do it. Yeah. 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 He came to fight. Now he's fighting. I thought it was an interesting, uh, topic here. Many protesters were masked. But social distancing was near non-existent during gatherings. A quote from the Atlanta mayor. If you were out protesting last night, you probably need to get a COVID test. There's still a pandemic in America that's killing black and brown people at much higher numbers. Yeah, like twice the rate for some reason. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a decent point there. Yeah, it probably has to do with, you know, urban versus rural existence and spreading diseases and the rest of it. But getting back to the the radicals and the Antifa guys, and, and if you're just tuning in, we were talking about this earlier, there are distinct groups. They overlap somewhat, but if you break them down, they're distinct. You got your legit protesters. Then you have your, uh, your anarchist types who just want to smash and burn. Then you have thieves. The looters are not lining trucks up double parked on Market Street in San Francisco as their Confederates run in and out of stores with armful of goods. They're not double parking their trucks to protest the death of the poor fella in Minneapolis. They're just thieves, and they have nothing to do with the legit protesters. But what's interesting is this narrative taking shape, and we have that AOC clip we just got in there, Sean. And I've heard this, uh, CNN was going heavy on this theme uh, last night. Now AOC is out. See, see if you can uh, hear a bit of a pivot in what she says. If you're trying to call for the end of unrest, but you don't believe health care is a human right, if you're afraid to say black lives matter, if... You don't, if you're too scared to call out police brutality, then you aren't asking for an end of unrest. All you're asking for is the continuation of quiet oppression. So if you want the end of unrest, then you should be asking for measures that actually liberate people in their lives from the oppression of economic and social (coughs) inequity. There you go. Uh, poor AOC inhaling a, a bug there at the end. Uh, and, and the the terrible, the embarrassing Chris Cuomo of CNN on a similar note last night, trying to suggest that the riots will continue as long as there's economic injustice in America. Meaning, bring on socialism, bring on the Green New Deal, the rest of it, or or people will keep smashing stuff up, and it's legit. 
So this it's a weird pivot right now. So you might have like a fourth group involved, and that's your AOC encouraging, we're rioting for lots of reasons now, uh, crowd. Oh, goody. Uh, to Atlanta, police officers were fired for using excessive force during a protest over the weekend. I didn't see the video. Uh, according to the police chief there, it was uh, immediately clear that that was not okay. I would imagine they're uh, being pretty particular about that since that's what started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, what a tough job being a cop in this in this, in this environment. It is. It's, it's chaotic. It's dangerous. There are varying levels of uh, quality command commanders, uh, politicians making various demands on various police forces. I was just reading about this guy, um, Edward McGuire. He's a professor at Arizona State. He recently published a guidebook on police crowd control procedures. Pretty well received. He said um, he felt as if police chiefs across America had read his guidebook to crowd control and decided to do the opposite. So there's a lot of chaos and, and, and uh, you know, not great policing going on. But it's not that surprising when there's running battles and chaos in the streets and danger and darkness and the rest of it. I mean, we need, we can always ask our police to do better. We always must because it's such an incredibly important job and we let them carry guns around um, and shoot people if necessary. So we've got to be incredibly demanding. But. You also have to be realistic. These are human beings in, in terrible situations. The cops have been killed and, and, and had their lives changed forever by injuries and the rest of it in the last couple of days. So Jason Riley, writing in the Wall Street Journal where he's a, an opinion writer and he is a, a black gentleman, he said, my concern is that there's going to be a pullback on the part of police in some of these communities in the aftermath of events like these. And then these communities will not get the policing that they need and they deserve going forward. And then you'll see more black lives lost as a result. Uh, that will certainly, uh, that will that will happen. That will happen. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how you avoid it. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it almost has to happen. We saw that example in Baltimore after, you know, the, the couple of incidents there where the cops just said, well, we, we can't police given the, uh, limitations you've set on us and given the uh, hostility in these neighborhoods. So we're just not going to. And that's that's not good. So I don't know if you followed the story over the weekend of a, somebody threw a Molotov cocktail into a cop car in New York City, mm-hmm. which is quite a deal. Well, they, they arrested the people involved, the guy who was driving and the woman who actually threw the Molotov cocktail. The guy driving an Ivy League-educated lawyer. That's not a surprise at all. Uh, went to Princeton and got his law degree from NYU, was the guy driving the car. And then the woman was a similar sort of situation. Two highly educated uh, legal people. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. There are some ideas so insane only an intellectual could believe them. Throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police car is going to somehow... Well, help all, something? Sure, all your weather underground, your William Ayers and, and all those people, they're all, like, super educated. Or the people who run Al-Qaeda. Right. Uh, lots, lots of times these groups are very highly educated people. Oh, yeah, they just uh, they know so much that is not true, as uh, to quote Ronald Reagan. 
You got your uh, Portlandia Antifa types. They've all taken years of social classes at Portland State. And they're out of their minds, but they're they're educated. They're just taking these idiotic soft science classes that do nothing but twist their minds. So mayhem was so uh, heavy outside the White House. I mean, they were right outside the, the fence there, setting stuff on fire and trying to get through the fence and everything like that. Some Secret Service people got injured trying to stop people to get across. Anyway... Uh, Trump briefly moved to the bunker there in the White House. I don't think that has happened since Bush went, uh, or Vice President Cheney went down in the bunker during 9-11. I don't think. I don't think so either. It's pretty rare. It was a fairly brief time, I'm told, but nobody's saying how long. Meanwhile, the president in a Twitter war with the D.C. mayor? I mean, seeing all sorts of mean stuff about each other. I suppose <laughs> we should get into that. Yeah, I suppose. She essentially, uh, called him, what, a scared scared man while he hides behind his fence afraid and alone i stand with people peacefully exercising their first amendment right after the murder of george floyd and hundreds of years of institutional racism there are no vicious dogs and ominous weapons there is just a scared man i stand with people peacefully exercising their first amendment rights they were burning down your city what are you talking about well, and presidents haven't stood out with the people since November of 1963. Right. No presidents. <clears throat> That's just not something you do. Right. And she would stand out uh, with the people till the moment they turned on her, then she'd run and hide. Uh, so, I, you know, I just, what's, what's the point of all that rhetoric? I don't know. I just, uh, everybody needs to calm the hell down. <laughs> That's the Joe Getty plan. Um, if the protesters climbed the fence, Trump tweeted that they would have been met by, quote, the most vicious dogs and most ominous weapons I have ever seen. This might be a good one. Uh, protesters burnt down the music instrument store. There's uh, no idea where that man with the cello may have gotten the cello. <laughs> that'd, that'd be pretty. You don't see somebody They're walking down the street. the musical instrument store behind me. There goes a man with a trombone. Unclear <laughs> where he got that. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to go that stupid to equal that. But even, I mean, even then, I've seen people with trombones walking down the street. Sure. I still have never in my life seen somebody walk down the street with the cheesecake. Sounds like from your experience, you see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the cheesecake factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. (laughs) That is the clip of the year. Nothing will be better than that. No. My heart breaks that we had to declare one because some people, some of them from outside of our communities, started fires and threw rocks and other dangerous items. We all clearly saw something that had nothing to do with justice. We saw people in our city smashing windows, stealing and beating. We are bigger than that. The old smash, steal, and beat. Uh, Give me number 38 as long as we have Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, sharing his utopian musings. But as the sun set in our beautiful city last night, we saw some of the ugliest images in a generation. Acts on our streets that were not demonstrations for justice. 
destruction, and looting. We feel a righteous rage, and we have to express it. But the rage must not consume us. All right. So to the extent that it's Antifa out there, I thought this was an interesting tweet from a guy called Noah Rothman. Uh, Many have made this observation in jest, but the way some observers are determined to excuse Antifa via a strictly literal interpretation of the group's name, that's the whole people say they're anti-fascist. That's what Antifa literally means. Yeah, yeah, we know that's what they call themselves. So he says the fact that people don't get that explains why so many Soviet satellites called themselves Democratic People's Republics. Because it actually works on some people. Yep. You call yourself the People's Republic of China, and some people think, well, it's a republic. You get to vote or whatnot. It's, it's kind of funny. It's yeah. just whatever. It is. You, you call know, yourself president when you're actually a dictator. It works on some people. It must. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother. Sure. And but, well, but who does it work on? I don't know. And how? <laughs> I'm not exactly Putin sure. Putin holds a vote. Hey, he won 98% again. That's eh, a popular guy. Who's that for? Antifa beats people down in the streets. For expressing them, a different political <laughs> view. And calls themselves anti-fascist. That's hilarious. Uh, and then um, on some of the mayhem, Jonah Goldberg tweeted, Struggling Korean immigrant-owned grocery in my neighborhood. Had its windows smashed last night. Congrats, kids. You delivered a powerful message to the white power structure. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Where's my Al Sharpton clip? Do we have that? Yeah. Resist, we much. No, it's a different clip. Uh, Clip number 41, please. Listen as Al Sharpton makes clear you need to figure out which race owns a building and burn down the, the businesses of white people. Al Sharpton... Openly calling for a race war. Over at MSNBC, the Reverend Al Sharpton went after rioters not for wrecking cities, but for not being racist enough, for not choosing what stores to burn based on the skin color of the people who own them. Watch this. As I walked around Minneapolis yesterday with Ms. Carr and some of the ministers and elected officials, some of the stores that are being damaged are black-owned stores. So we cannot become so reckless that we are destroying each other in our rage. The rage is justified. There's nobody more angry than me, longer than me. But the question is, am I angry enough to get something done about it, or am I going to play into those that are adversarial to what I'm trying to say and try to represent? Oh, we get it. The tragedy is the skin color of the owners. If they were like Asian-owned stores, totally cool. Sharpton's made that point before. This isn't his first race riot. Al Sharpton is the worst among us. He is an exploiter of racial division and tension. He is a con man. He is a thief. He is a liar. I could go on for quite some time, but we're up against a break. There are curfews in practically every big city in America of various sorts, but in Beverly Hills and Santa Monica, it starts at 1 o'clock for business districts and 4 o'clock citywide. Nothing good happens after 1 p.m., Jack. That's when people just start getting wacky. Oh, yeah, the, the drinking. things I've seen at 2.30. The whoring. The whoring. At 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. But that is something, a curfew. Yep. Well, like you said, that's basically martial law, 1 p.m. curfew. Now we got to clean things up, shut them down, get the professional uh, scum, smashers, grabbers, rioters, get them shut down, and then we can go back to an important and necessary conversation 
about everybody having their civil rights upheld, no matter what y'all look like. Have we had this sort of destruction of our national monuments before? I don't recall this sort of spray painting on all our national monuments like this in one night. Have we allowed this to happen before? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't Should remember we allow this to happen one, but... as a uh, is it a good let them vent whoever them is? And then you can just, you know, clean it off the next day? Or is that something you should not allow? I'm familiar with a couple of cities where, uh, Philadelphia in particular, where the attitude was spray paint, fine. When they bring out the chisel, they're trying to take down the, uh, take down a statue of uh, their old, uh, old mayor. Uh, and, uh, and, and once the chisels came out, the cops swept down and took care of that. The Confederate statues caught hell in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson statues and everything, they were really going after any uh, affectionate uh, symbol of the Confederacy. Yeah, but when you have, you know, Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, all that sort of stuff, that's that's different than Confederate statues. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put up with any of it. I think you gotta, you gotta, you got to put enough police presence on those things to keep them protected. Maybe they'd say, we don't have enough. Well, then National Guard, I guess. Yeah, although, again, if there's two nights of spray painting and then everybody goes home, um, you, there is something to be said for you want to de-escalate tension. There's also something set to be said for drawing a line of this is not acceptable. Right. This is a line you're not allowed to cross. Go spray paint something else. Think of something, some other way to vent. Yeah. We're not allowing this one. Yeah, I'm willing to have that conversation. Yeah, it's not a good look. No. And imagine the way it's being exploited in uh, Russia and China and various other Iran, various yeah. other America-hating countries. Yeah, I liked how peaceful, law-abiding citizens were kept away from the monuments during the so-called government shutdown, but the anarchist protesters get to spray paint them. Excellent point. Armstrong.